Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you Everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive in June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive in June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. The following is a presentation of the Four Center podcast feed. From the center of the galaxy, this is the Four Center podcast feed. Now it's time for a Spotlight Star Wars with your host, Ken Knapsack. 
Here we are, Spotlight Star Wars fans. Welcome back to the show. We have Star Wars music on the brain today. We have a special guest coming up in a bit, Jared Griffin from the band William, talking about his Star Wars fandom, Star Wars-inspired songs, and his music, and raising young Star Wars fans. And at the time of this recording, we are celebrating John Williams' 86th birthday. And there are so many things out there about about John Williams, so many words that have been written, so many words that have been said. I I, I can't say anymore that that hasn't been said. Uh, We know what John Williams means to Star Wars. And I've I've been fortunate enough to see John Williams in concert once uh, at the Hollywood Bowl. He he comes out often. And then uh, at Star Wars Celebration in Orlando 2017 when he did the live uh, Princess Leia's theme at the end of the big panel and the tribute to Carrie Fisher that closed it. And it was uh, tear-inducing indeed. And there, it was George Williams, uh, George Williams, George Lucas, who introduced John Williams, old Johnny Williams from his TV composing days. And uh, George Lucas did say, John Williams is the secret sauce of Star Wars. There's a lot of things that go into the success of Star Wars. And George Lucas clearly would be the first one to tell you this. A lot of people along the way that help shape things. The actors, performers, the creature designers, the production designers, the model makers. Uh, Ralph McQuarrie has a lot to do with it. All of that is there. George will tell you that, uh, I'm sure. And you can dig and find all the people who helped make it. But John Williams, to me, more than anything, really helped define what that movie was at the time. Whereas I think Ralph McQuarrie really helped get the picture made because he put images in the minds of, of the people who were going to be uh, granting uh, uh, the big go picture for Star Wars. It was John Williams that transcended, uh, helped this movie, I should say, transcend the time period that it was in. This classical score wasn't something in big time use, so Jaws had uh, uh, been out already and everything, and there's a reason Lucas chose John Williams. But that's, to me, at the time, in 1977, boom, the sound. It didn't just feel different, look different, all those kind of It sounded timeless. It sounded big, epic, operatic. It sounded just uh, like uh, uh, the, the story was was being told in these notes. And that's all from John Williams. So happy birthday to John Williams. And this isn't an episode of Star Wars Ranked. So uh, I don't want to go down ranking all of my favorite John Williams compositions. And it's weird because I'm, I'm not as good as diving into the music and the scores and everything as some of my uh, friends even here in Force Center, but also with Joseph and Jennifer, but even like Mark Riley and, and a lot of people over at uh, Movie Trophy Schmodown and Collider, they, they could rattle off titles. I'm sometimes like, you know, the song that has the beats in it, the Ewok song, that's the one. Uh, I, I, uh, I am really bad when it comes to that. Part of it for me is I just sit down and listen to the the Star Wars scores and the soundtracks, I, I own them all, and I've my whole life I've just I've just put them on and, and just listened to them. Very rarely, uh, lately maybe a little differently, uh, but when I've been doing a lot of writing, but I, I will be like, all right, let me hear Ray's theme or Yoda's theme or Leia's theme, all that kind of stuff. But most of the time, I'm just putting them on, and I don't sit there looking at the track listing. I don't sit there looking at the titles of the of, of the compositions. I just feel the music, and and, and it takes you through. The movie, even if you hear the extended versions on on albums, you know, the Battle of Hoth or something like that, that 
it's that big thumping sound that's in the background of the Battle of Hoth. I'm immediately transported to that. So I don't sit there and study the music as much as, as others do, but I do have my favorite John Williams uh, pieces. And it is amazing that a lot of them I find sometimes they're, they're not all wrapped up in the original trilogy. Those are the ones that reached out and grabbed me first. And some of his uh, quintessential Star Wars music is found in the original trilogy. Of course, it's the basis of everything else. But I, I am one of those people that was absolutely blown away by Duel of the Fates. Absolutely blown away by the Phantom Menace, uh, big, the big main theme in the finale, the credits, how it plays out and slowly works its way down to the Imperial March, Vader's theme right there at the end, the ominous tone of it there. Uh, I like uh, Across the Stars. Uh, I really think that is, is perhaps maybe the best love theme in Star Wars. Don't at me, don't at me, don't at me. I really think it, it, it does uh, uh, does the job there, man, and, and really kind of um, gets that feel of romance, sweeping, forbidden, ill-fated romance. And I also look a lot to the Revenge of the Sith score. And I was recently on, on Black Series Rebels. Uh, Alex Backus and I were talking about it, and, and we weren't really planning this question, but he asked me what would be maybe my favorite Star Wars score. And my gut reaction was Revenge of the Sith. And even now, I'm like, is that, I say to myself, is that really my answer? But some of my favorite stuff is in Revenge of the Sith because it's it's, it's different. There's some things that stand out to me. Padme's ruminations. Uh, the opening theme, that big pounding theme of war as the opening crawl uh, proclaims with an, uh, an exclamation point, war, and the music backs it up. There's a lot of things that George, uh, John did for George on that score that just is, it's different, and it makes it stand out to me. As far as the original trilogy, I mean, what can you say? Leia's theme. I think Yoda's theme is actually one of my favorites, and I, I can't call it underrated, but it, it's sometimes overlooked in conversations, and I think it, uh, there's a lot in Yoda's theme that uh, I'm drawn to, the, the binary sunset stuff, the Force theme, all those kind of things. Of course, the Imperial March, it's timeless. Uh, I love all of that there. But then I love the quirky stuff, man. I do love the Ewoks theme. Not the Yub Nub celebration song. I do love that. But the bouncy, whistly Ewoks theme. Uh, that's, to me, some of John Williams' finest work because he's got this he's got this uh, little, a little, little uh, subsection of cuddly murder bears <laughs> bouncing through the forest with their, you know, prisoners, basically. And they're cute, though. And we, we're supposed to like them. We're supposed to maybe not yet trust them. Uh, Chief Chirpa hasn't made his decisions. Low Gray hasn't barked his orders yet. But Williams is there with that bouncy uh, Ewok theme that I do love. The sequel trilogy, it's interesting. I will admit, I've changed my tune on it where I thought the force awakens and specifically looking at the force awakens when I first heard it, I didn't, I didn't think uh, he'd hit the, hit it out of the park. I was like, hey, all right, so nothing standing out to me. Whereas like with the prequels, like the original trilogy is different. I saw it young and everything just kind of just permeated my soul right from the beginning. But the prequel trilogy, even right away, even if there were some confusing things on the screen that I wasn't sure about, I was like, ah, about the music, we got it. This is some star Wars music. Force Awakens, I don't know, there's something, it just didn't grab me as much at, at, at first, and I had to get the copy of it, I, I saw the movie several times, but I had to kind of isolate myself from watching the movie and see, does the Force Awakens score do what the other scores do for me, where I can just kind of put it on, press play, 
and listen to this movie as told by John Williams music. And that's when it started grabbing hold of me. And Ray's theme becomes one of my favorite things. I was like, Kylo Ren doesn't really have his theme, you know? The Empire is the Imperial March that becomes Vader's. You know when Kylo shows up. The, the, the resistance theme, the dun, 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 every time I hear it now, I perk up, ready for battle. A lot of the stuff uh, is, 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 is better than I thought. And again, again, not that I thought it was bad. I just thought, oh, okay, nothing's grabbing me. Now I, 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 I hear it all. It's all there. When it comes back again in Last Jedi, I think he's got some great work in Last Jedi. Now, the Jedi steps at the end of The Force Awakens, that did grab me right away. I thought that that's still one of my, probably one of my top 10 favorite John Williams pieces of music, as I said in other places. It is my alarm clock on my phone. That's generally how I wake up on those mornings. I need to wake up early and record Force Center. The Jedi steps uh, song plays uh, but in uh, Last Jedi, I, I really think he did some of his his best work. Though it's sometimes like the movie chaotic at times, you know, where there's uh, you know f- whether you love Last Jedi or not, you can admit. Uh, and I'm someone who loves movies, you know, like there's some things that are a little different, uh, funnier than you thought, um, a little a uh, little loosier, goosier than you thought it would be. Uh, the score does that for me as well, um, where there's some. Uh, Stuff that sometimes is is mishmashed together, old themes, new themes, but then it all coalesces into one beautiful piece. Uh, the sacred text uh, composition, which is uh, the Yoda reappearing, it's a it goes all over the place, it goes all over the place, up and down, different sounds. But when it ends on uh, the Yoda Yoda's theme, which is again some of my favorite music in Star Wars, it really grabs me. Same with uh, the stuff around Luke Skywalker walking out to face the First Order. Uh, it's it, it's taken from that trailer music that came out uh, for the full first full Last Jedi trailer music that really didn't only snippet of it kind of appears in the movie, uh, but when you hear it, it really uh, grabs hold. But this is this you know follows you're hearing a little bit of uh, Luke's theme, Leia's theme. So it's a different. It's almost like Williams is playing with his complete his complete back catalog and drop it in pieces here and there. And it all, to me, coalesces into this beautiful score that, again, I can listen to uh, and, and kind of get transported into the movie. Even the Canto Bite stuff, uh, the music of Canto Bite, different. Yeah, it is different. It is different. And I, I think John Williams having fun with what was up on screen. And I'm fascinated uh, by that. And I'm fascinated to see what John Williams, at 86 years of age, gives us for episode nine. He's working on it now. We're going to have his music here. We are blessed to have him wrap up his Star Wars career with this. I don't see him doing much more after this for Star Wars, and I'm sure he winds down. I hope he still plays. I'd love to see him in concert one more time, and if you ever get the chance, absolutely do it because obviously his music goes well beyond Star Wars, and it's quite an experience. I was fortunate when I went it was a night that was very Star Wars heavy because I've, I've I've known some people who've gone to see John Williams in concert on, uh, on other times and he he wasn't necessarily uh, Star Wars heavy, um, but he's got so much other stuff that that he makes everybody happy. But I, I highly recommend if you get a chance to see John Williams, take it, take it. Can't wait to see what he does with episode nine. I can't wait to hear that first strains of his new music in any of the teaser trailers, in the full trailer, anything that's going to come out. Whether or not it appears in the movie in the end, I don't know. But I'm ready for it. So, happy birthday, John Williams. We are so fortunate to have you and your skills in this Star Wars galaxy. Speaking of music, I had an opportunity to meet someone over the internet 
and uh, he shared some music with me and some Star Wars inspired stuff, and it's very 1990s vibe, and I love it. I absolutely love it. So uh, with the uh, Roadcaster Pro, my ability to take phone calls has been drastically improved. So here now is an interview conducted a couple days ago, dropping into this episode. I hope you enjoy it. Getting to know another Star Wars fan and sharing in their passion and their joy and see it, seeing how Star Wars affects a lot of our lives just be, beyond just watching the movie. So here's my interview with Jared from the band. Really, and hope you enjoy it. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health-monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinarian-developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. 
All right, Four Center fans, we got a special treat, a special guest in studio here. We love rock and roll music here. You guys have heard Van William on the station, a bona fide rock star with a big Star Wars uh, heart and love Star Wars. Well, he's not alone. Uh, I think Star Wars inspires creatives of all types, which is why today we're doing a special uh, interview by phone via the the Holonet, as we should say now here in Four Center. We got Jared of the band Rillian. Jared, welcome to Four Center. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Uh, glad, happy to have you here because we came in contact, I think, probably through the power of the Internet. And uh, I think you just kind of, you know, you reached out and, and you know, said you listen, but you, more importantly, you create. And, and you shared with me uh, uh, your band, really, which has um, a lot of 90s rock vibes, which everyone knows speaks directly to my heart. Uh, you've got a lot of Star Wars inspired songs on here, and, and it was so interesting. And, and it's on the uh, the record label Kenobi Records. And so <laughs> I have uh, some of you in the Schmodown. Uh, if you watch the movie Trivia Schmodown, you might have seen that shirt on me. That's how I came into possession of that shirt. So, uh, Jared, let's just start your, your Star Wars fan journey. When does it begin? When does it infiltrate every aspect of your soul? <laughs> Um, well, it started in 1983. I was three years old, and my parents took me to see Return of the Jedi in theaters. Nice. Um, that was pretty much it. Good parents. <laughs> yeah, very good parents. Yeah, three? That's young. Cause I, so, I, yeah, I was seven when I saw it, but that makes, you know, that's a good age. Three, what did you retain from it uh, other than just imagery, the feeling? What? Um, I think it was mainly, like, imagery and the feeling of it. Just I've always been obsessed with, like, sci-fi and, um, huh. like, fantasy-type movies, so... That definitely spoke to me. What uh, what happened from there? Three, you start watching the movies, probably VHS, TV, getting I, the toys. Yeah, yeah, all that stuff. I then decided that I was Luke Skywalker. Nice, like all little boys were back then in the eighties. <laughs> so I started dressing in all black, had black cowboy boots with my black jeans tucked into the cowboy boots. <laughs> Did you carry? <laughs> I had that too. So for, I dressed like a sheriff. There's actually a picture from my second grade uh, f- uh, school photos where I'm having, I have a sheriff's outfit on. So I understand. <laughs> nice. Um, did you have a black glove too? Oh yeah. Oh, oh yeah. I did it. I, I think I used like a baseball glove for my T-ball days. <laughs> and you just went out and about in public. I'm Luke oh, yeah. Skywalker. Yes. <laughs> I'm a Jedi like my father before me. Oh yeah. I, my, my mom and dad got me a toy lightsaber and mm. every time I was at my grandma's house, I would go outside and just beat the living crap out of all of her orange trees. <laughs> well, at least it's safe. At least it's safe. And or- orange yeah. is kind of our like little training, uh, training globes flying around <laughs> training balls. Exactly. Uh, so Luke Skywalker's your guy. Did you ever, did oh, you yeah. ever have an affinity for uh, an affinity for the dark side? Did you ever root for the dark side or the empire empires uh, minions at all? Um, I think when I was like in my teenage years, I yeah. started developing all the angst. That's when I started liking the dark side a little bit more. <laughs> I always find it weird. Like some people like I have, I have my friend, Paul, he is, he is rebels and light side all the way, all the way. And uh, I always like to see when we all kind of stretch over to the dark side. Yeah. I started liking the dark side a little bit more. Also when I, um, I read the Darth Bane, the first Bane book. Oh, okay. And I just, that book was so well written and it was just, I couldn't put it down. I still, yeah, I still haven't finished the series, which is because I, I just I finished the first book by Drew Carpetian and really good. And then all of a sudden, I think the next month is when a uh, new, ca- new canon was announced. 
And I was like, well, yeah. I better start saving up my time for those than uh, not this. But I still intend to finish him because uh, canon or not, uh, Bane's definitely an interesting character. And I, I still think oh, at some, yeah. some point, I mean, can't, Bane is canon himself. But so that story, I think they'll pull a lot of that in at some point. I hope they do. Yeah. There's so many good good moments on that book. What What are your favorite Star Wars moments, memories, movies uh, as your fandom grew? Um. I started out, I loved Return of the Jedi the most right. for a long time, but I think the older I got, the more I realized how amazing Empire Strikes Back is. Sure. And it's it's my favorite movie of all time. It's tough. Um, it's, it's so perfect. I just watched it the other day, and it just flows so well. <laughs> just I good. know, especially for being made in the 80s. Mm-hmm. It's just so far ahead of its time. It really is. The way it looks, the way they shot it, everything about it. You're absolutely right. Oh, yeah. It doesn't feel whereas like New Hope, I mean, is groundbreaking and, and great, and, and I love New Hope, but, you know, it feels mm-hmm. like, all right, yeah, look at those sideburns. It was made in 1975, 76. <laughs> yeah. And there's a little bit of that in Empire, I guess. But, yeah, for most part, I think Empire, and even Jedi, but Empire's just of its own era. It's just doesn't, yeah. doesn't seem other than the age. Yeah, definitely. Uh, well, how about the prequel era? Yeah, did you get through, uh, you know, we're prequels here in general at Force Center, but uh, I also went through an interesting relationship with the prequels. You're you're of that age where the prequels come along and it could be a little different. Yeah, I think I w- the prequels, the first one come out in 99. Yeah. Yeah, I was about 19. So I was like in college and um, I was just starting to grow up a little bit more. Yeah. Um, so when it came out, I I kind of liked it. But I definitely thought it was a little cheesy. Right. Um, but the, the older I've gotten, the more I've gone back and revisited it. I'm starting to like it a little bit more now. It's especially yeah. Revenge of the Sith. Revenge of the Sith is a great movie. Yeah, yeah. That's that's tough. Uh, tough to say. Yeah, that's the easy choice for best of the prequels. I think for most people. But yeah, it's it's tough to say that you, you don't get some enjoyment out of that one. But yeah, I was out there with you too. It, it, time perspective. Um, and going back and just being able to have fun with the prequels, knowing that there's some, you know. There's some things in there that that, that you know get, raise some question marks for sure, but yeah, having fun with it as a fan, you seem a pretty positive, celebratory Star Wars fan. Yeah, for the most part, yeah, I, I try and find something to like out of everything. Mm-hmm. I try not to hate on it as much as I can. <laughs> yeah, yeah. How, and how you doing? But you feel like you you feel like you kind of own a part of it since you grow up with it. Well, you know, it's funny. It's interesting. It's almost you, you being in in music. Uh, I feel like you know rock stars and, and music and albums. And, you know, I'm a big fan of, you know, the Beatles growing up or Ryan Adams. Now I feel as though I have a, I know them so well because it's such an intimate or artistic expression. So I understand like, oh, totally. you know, when, so an artist does something different, um, you go, wait, Hey, wait, 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 that's not what I want. So I think Lucas, he pulled us all in and he makes a little change. We're kind of like, what? Even with the sequel trilogy that happens as well. How, how, how what do you like about the sequel trilogies in this, this um, modern I, era? I like most of it. I think yeah. um, I really liked Force Awakens a lot when it first came out. Yeah. Um, I mean, there, it's got its problems. Uh, sure. Last Jedi, I was kind of in between. Mm-hmm. I didn't, I didn't love, didn't hate it. I was just kind of in between about it. It's a good healthy um, spot to be in. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm kind of that way about a lot of stuff. Right. I, don't, I try not to take to to the extremes. I try to stay in the middle. Right. Right. That's fair. But yeah, I'm kind of, I'm excited to see what happens with the next one. See where they go with it. But yeah. Yeah. I'm yeah. I like the sequel stuff so far. Yeah, and, it, and and the standalone movies and everything that's going on. It's just, hey, you know, we grew up with that, you know, 83, uh, you know, Jedi goes away, and then we go into that kind of dark period where there wasn't a lot. Yeah. 
So I, I don't know, maybe, maybe some of uh, our generation of fans were kind of like, uh, I remember the dark times before Disney when oh, yeah. <laughs> there wasn't Star Wars every week. So Yeah, and good. I think that's why, I think that's what had some of the reason to do with um, all the backlash on the prequels, because that, that was pretty much it. Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah. And we're just like, that's it. <laughs> that's it? That's all we got? That's all we got? <laughs> An expanding universe. You've got uh, you've got a nice family going here, and I want to talk about your music career here as we, okay. as we go on. But but it's interesting. I always love talking to Star Wars parents. You tell me you got you got three boys, a, 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 yep. a girl Padawan on the way. Um, yep. How do you approach passing on your love of Star Wars? Do you? Do you even worry about it? Did it happen naturally? How did that go? Oh, yeah. Well, my second son's name is Luke. So oh, there you go. <laughs> there, it's definitely there. Um, first son's name is Jude, so I had okay. Beatles name and oh. had a Star Wars name. We're we're friends for life, man. I totally get that. The definitely, Jude and Luke. That's great. Yeah. Did it? Um, did it happen yeah, naturally? I, yeah. Oh yeah, definitely. I just I I watched my son that my first son um, for about a year while my wife was working and mm-hmm. I was going to school, um, and so we would just be home all day long. So I would just show him like the the parts of star Wars that you can show a little <laughs> one year old. <laughs> yeah. 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 Stay away. Stay Always away. gotten him star Wars toys, just all sorts of stuff. That's how they got us. That's how we get them. So, I mean, exactly. it, it sounds like you would have been well balanced if, if any of your children were, or do reject star Wars, you're going to be okay with it. But how does it feel to know that maybe uh, they get to share that passion with you? Oh, it's awesome. They love it. Like they, they request to watch star Wars all the time. So anytime that happens, I'm like, yes, yes, you can. <laughs> Easy babysitting. Easy babysitting. <laughs> exactly. So when did you start playing music? When did that be uh, into your life? Um, I, around 11, I think 11 or 12, mm-hmm. I got in, just got involved in like school band, mm-hmm. um, growing up. And then when I was a late teenager, I started playing drums. Nice. Uh, I got really heavy into the punk rock scene. Okay. in uh, Tampa and uh, just started playing shows with bands in the area. Mm-hmm. Um, learned how to play guitar a couple years later. And I've always sang like everyone in my family sings. So okay. that was just, it was going to happen no matter what. <laughs> how, <laughs> how do you, so you got a couple uh, songs uh, more than a few, but on this EP I got here, uh, the Rillion, which is self-titled album there uh, for the mm-hmm. band. Um, got a couple songs, uh, Evolver and uh, 2187, a very important number in Star Wars, that take a lot from Star Wars. And we're going to hear one of them at the conclusion of this interview, uh, hear a bit of the song uh, 2187. But I want to hear, how do you approach uh, putting Star Wars into music that's not parody, it's not comedy, and those things are great. Um, we see what Tony Thaxton does, uh, with the cloud mm-hmm. city soundtrack and I love that guy. Yeah. He's so talented and he's got a long career, of course, but this is, this is for lack of a better term, like just kind of straight ahead. I'm writing a song, a rock song about star Wars. How, how did you get to that? How did you do that? how did you approach that? I'm fascinated by that. Um, well, I mean, a, a lot of lyrics, they still, uh, personal lyrics about myself and my own mm-hmm. journey in life. But I noticed when I was writing the lyrics, I was like, especially for Revolver, um, it's a song about kind of like morphing into a different person going mm-hmm. through like certain like traumatic events. Um, like I've had, had many people in my life die mm. and it's been hard to deal with it. But um, <clears throat> I was just noticing that when I was writing the lyrics, I was like, this kind of resembles Luke's story in A New Hope. 
Like right. he's forced to change and turn into this new person and leave his old life behind completely. Right. And so I kind of started, I actually started reading the uh, novelization of a new hope. Um, oh, fascinating. Yeah. Was, was like actually looking at the, some of the dialogue and some of the, just the way it was written and tried to change the lyrics a little bit more to reflect um, the novelization of that movie. That's fascinating. We're, we've been doing that here in Spotlight Star Wars, of course, going back to the original trilogy novels, and, and uh, New Hope is, I think, probably the next one I'm going to dive into. Uh, mm-hmm. Though I did just start Fire and Blood by George R. R. Martin, The History of the Targaryens, and that's going to take a lot of my time. Um, <laughs> yeah. A lot of names to learn. Um, but yeah, I find that those original trilogy novelizations, um, canon from a certain point of view, because some of the things don't carry over, we know, looking at you, Obi-Wan, and his brother Owen. Um, but... Uh, <laughs> you could get a real deeper, uh, a deeper perspective perspective because it's a novel uh, and, and you have more time to dive into it. Uh, What did you learn anything else from Luke losing Obi-Wan or losing Ben uh, by reading the novel that maybe you didn't get from the movie? Um, I'm actually not done with it yet. I'm still trying to get through it. Yeah. Um, it's hard to find time to read with three kids and full time job (laughs) and and a wife and everything and a fourth on the way. Yeah. That would sound, it sounds busy. (laughs) <laughs> I try and read before I go to bed if I don't fall asleep on the couch. <laughs> well, then we're going to have to do a follow-up where you, you gather yeah, definitely. gather more from that scene. Yeah, but it's, inter- but it's, it's, it's interesting to me that you, you go to that and, and then you uh, turn it into this great song. And then uh, I love song 2187, which has a, has a very uh, late 90s rock vibe, like you said, which is speaking my rock and roll language. Um, yeah. And I'm sure we could talk a long time about 90s music. And, oh, yeah, uh, hours. Hours. <laughs> we could go and go and go. Um, but you wrote this song from the perspective of a little kid playing with Star Wars toys and going on a, a rescue mission to save Leia from the Death Star. Fascinating. Yeah. Love it. I think that connects to the core of our all of our love of Star Wars. How, how did you come to write that song? Um, I wrote the music before I wrote the lyrics or the melodies or anything. Okay. Um, and I had had it. I, I think I first wrote that in like 2012. So I've oh. had it in my, my catalog waiting for a while and I was just waiting for an inspiration. And I always felt like the, the sound of it fit in with like a, almost like a movie, like adventure movie mm-hmm. soundtrack. Um, I always felt that it felt um, just anthemic, like epic kind of sounding. So yeah. I wanted it to have lyrics that fit that. And I, I don't even remember what happened. I was just watching Star Wars one day, and I was like, the scene where they're going to the Death Star to get Leia, and Luke is in the Stormtrooper outfit. And I was like, that totally reminds me of being a kid. Like, I used to act out those scenes when I was a kid with my Star Wars toys. Yeah. And it just kind of one thing led to another, and I was like, I'm just going to write it from the perspective of me when I was, like, five or six. Because that's, that's all I did. It's that and G.I. Joe's, and that was it. Oh, well, absolutely. <laughs> and, and I never crossed, I never, never crossed. Duke never showed up to save Leia. Luke never oh, showed no, up to fight Cobra Commander. I guess I could have, though. Well, yeah, it's a great song, and, and we're going we're gonna to hear a bit of it here in a bit. Um, Thank you. But, yeah, I love it, man. You got a great vibe, and you got some deep stuff. And, and you also, there's another song, uh, Extra Celestial, that uh, is a deep song about questioning a lot of things, and you, and you draw a reference from the movie Interstellar. So, so mm-hmm. sci-fi and movies... And all those, uh, that kind of that creative side has definitely uh, found its way into your music. That's that, that's great. Yeah, movies speak to me a lot. They speak to me uh, way more than a lot of stuff. So, yeah. Awesome. Favorite favorite band from the '90s? What do you got? Um, my favorite band from the '90s is a band called Hum. Uh, yes. Uh, they had a song called Stars. Stars. 
Took the what, what's, yeah. what, what's what was that hook? I uh, uh something. Uh, think some, she missed the train, train to, to Mars. Mars? She's out back <laughs> counting stars. She's out back counting stars. Yeah, I totally remember I spinning th- hum. Oh yeah, I heard that song when I was fourteen, uh, listening uh, on my Walkman in the back of my parents' van, and it just <laughs> it blew me away. I was like, "What is this sound?" Yeah, that's amazing. That's awesome. I uh, I would have been. Starting my radio career right about then, but I think by the time I was playing it regularly, I was I was about twenty, so a few more years after that. But yeah, that's the nice. home man. I get it. See, you and I speak a language. Yep. Speak Home a language. Smashing Pumpkins. Smashing Pumpkins is a yes. close second for my favorite band. Uh, you know, it's funny. My you talk about like how we let you kind of grow some appreciation for the prequels later on. I was not a huge Pumpkins fan when when I was a DJ. And then now mm-hmm. I, uh, my appreciation has grown. Uh, and I hear, I hear their songs and I get all like, yeah, the pumpkins. And it's so weird. It's just time. You know, I guess my heart is locked in that era. Maybe that's what it is. Uh, yeah. I was the same way. Cause I got really into punk rock, uh, late in my teenage years. And it kind of, I kind of forgot about the, the whole grunge and alternative scene. Right. Right. But after I got a little bit older, I went back and I was like, Oh my God, this is so good. It's so good. Yep. Yeah. You know, Punk is a very well-rounded uh, uh, form of music. I find a lot of punk rockers yeah. have a lot of different tastes that would sometimes surprise people. So that's yeah, good. Yeah, definitely. Are, are you still a punk rock dad? Is that what's going on? Your kids? Uh, oh yeah. Yeah. Okay. Good. That doesn't. Yeah, go definitely. Away. <laughs> oh yeah, I quiz my kids on the Ramones all the time. Oh, good man. Star Wars nice. and rock and roll. <laughs> Uh, you got it all. Well, Jared, uh, it's been a pleasure having you on here on, on Spotlight Star Wars, and I'd love to have you back on uh, when you finish yeah, that novel. And if you got any more uh, Star Wars themed stuff, we can talk about and uh, maybe do some other things there. It's been a pleasure to getting getting to know you. We've been exchanging emails yeah, for a while, uh, trying to get this down, and uh, working on a big project kind of kept me uh, kept me. Uh, very busy, but happy to have this now. Uh, so the album, I want to tell people where they can find the album, find your music and follow you. Um, so put yourself over what you got. Yeah. Um, it's available online wherever music is sold. Um, it's on Spotify also. And I'm on Twitter, uh, Instagram and Facebook all under, uh, really in music. It's R I L I A N. R I L I A N is it? Brilliant music on Kenobi Records, uh, and we want to thank yeah. Kenobi Records for letting us spin a few seconds here of this tune. That's going to be longer than a few seconds. What am I saying? I'm an old rock DJ. We're probably going to play the whole <laughs> song, uh, but thanks to the folks at Kenobi Records and for the shirt that I wear proudly on Jedi Council uh, and in life in general in a movie trivia showdown. So, Jared, thank you so much. Uh, we're going to hear a little bit of two one eight seven FN two one eight seven and Cell Block two one eight seven, an important number in Star Wars. So. Uh, Hey, pl- give it. Give us an intro for the song, Jared, as we uh, play uh, play ourselves on out. All right, this is two one eight seven by Rillian. <laughs> Perfect. Enjoy it, Spotlight Star Wars fans.
7 here on Spotlight Star Wars. That's it for next week. New episode in a couple weeks. We'll be back. See ya. Thanks for listening to Spotlight Star Wars on Force Center. Follow us on Twitter at Force Center Pod and follow Ken online, including Twitch at Ken Knapsack. Consider supporting Force Center on Patreon at patreon.com slash Center. Go to forcecenterpod.podomatic.net for more information and use the hashtag Spotlight Star Wars to join the conversation. Until next time, this has been Spotlight Star Wars on Force Center.
Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.